Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the, the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley, and uh, today uh, we're at Frogmorton <laughs> Wealth Associates. And I laugh about that because Nick Jones, who's our guest, um, uh, was very generous and sponsored us for, for Pod Aid and um, live in front of the, the all 12 people that were watching. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you to Frog Morgan of Wealth Associates for giving us money. And uh, uh, we bumped into each other in the silent disco, didn't we? That's right. October 1st, you were like, when you said the name wrong. <laughs> How are you, Nick? You good? I'm great, thanks very much. Yeah, I had a good time. Well, had a good time at Oktoberfest, obviously, um, but I really enjoyed watching the the live charity did you effort. Did you run the next day? No. Or did you go to it? No, no, no. no. I, I must no, have read that wrong. But, yeah, no, there was no. I I just I done a, a mud run the morning of. So on the Saturday okay. morning there was a mud run. Um, Good to blow up a bit of steam then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but we had been on the Friday night, so uh, Friday night mud run Saturday, then the Oktoberfest Saturday evening. Mm. My uh, my schedules fill up so quickly. Sometimes I'll be like, we've got like three things in the daytime, and then in, in the evening, like Oktoberfest, all these events. Like um, this Saturday, for example, I've got prison break at the Shrew- Shrewsbury Prison. Right. I finish that at sort of like six o'clock. Run home, get changed, shower. Then we're going to go out to the, the fireworks at um, Westmead Showground. Yeah. Uh, to make to that. Yeah. Are you going to be going? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it looks good. I love Shrewsbury. It's a proper party town, though, isn't it? It's, there's so much goes on there. At the moment, yeah. especially, because we've been cooped up for so long and there's, everything's been cancelled, waylaid and, and sort of just, just generally put back. I think it feels like there's about two years' worth of party in, <laughs> in the next two, three weeks, months. <laughs> have, yeah. you got, have you got over that yet? Because I've just come back from Skegness, which was... Um, Great. <laughs> there was a thumbs up there for, for the listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a, a very ironic, great. I don't know why we do this. We go to these battered old um, seaside towns. We're like, oh, we love this. But really, they could do with a lick of painting. Well, it's part of the charm, isn't it? Yeah. Part of the charm. You, know, you go and you, you know what you're going to get. You're not expecting <laughs> Vegas. It's, it's going to be okay. There might be somewhere that's an arcade that's called Vegas, but you know, you're not expecting the full shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. There was the, we, we, but what we did enjoy was the entertainment and, you know, the kid... Uh, yeah. That kid loved it, and we'll say kids, we were friends. Um, and um, what what I got from it was this: uh, the club we were in was built for like two thousand people, and boy, was that full of two thousand people! <laughs> and my heart was like, "Wow, you know, this is yeah. this is." So how have you dealt with that? The, the groups of people and stuff. You- not not too bad. Everything we've been to has been well organised. We haven't been to anything anything uh, illegal or or um, just just that you worry too much about. <laughs> yeah, well, quite early on, we were going to some of the. the Test cricket events at Edgebaston, oh, so, right, so you had to have the test beforehand, and you had to register, and it was all very nicely done. And, and when you got there, actually, it was one of the first venues I think I've been to that you didn't have to wear a mask inside. Yeah, it was almost right. like a pilot event, and then they were they were measuring people afterwards about the the, the rates and mm. and the infections and things. And I don't think there were many spikes really, either, which was strange. But mm. yeah, it's, it's weird how we're having to adapt through this new situation and this yeah. new way. Like it's not new anymore, even that's the weird thing. Yeah, yeah, and you you think there's like the end of the tunnel and, and when we came after christmas uh, this this year which mm. seems like a long long time ago now but it was only january wasn't it and then there was another lockdown that kind of caught us by surprise and everyone's mm. like oh oh okay lockdown during the winter was an interesting one mm. how did it affect you and your your work uh, lockdown lockdown itself um well last march i suppose we well march last year so 2020 within a week we had to close the office and everyone normally comes to work in the office uh, and does most things here most of the support guys were based in the office most advisors spend a lot of time in the office and then they get out and about and see clients either at home or clients come in here so yeah. we've very much been face-to-face business really 
Um, we had to adapt. We had to shut the office quite quickly. We got an app that we were able to download that meant the phone system worked. So wherever people were working remotely, uh, support good, guys yeah. as well, you know, you went through to their mobiles because we didn't have a chance to relocate all the office phone system. Um, so we were kept in, in touch. We wrote to every client and we said, you know, we're going to be closing the office. We don't know how long for. If you've got any queries about or worries about your financial stuff, because if people got money invested, that was one thing that was uncertain at the time. What was going to happen with financial markets? Yeah, because yeah, you've got all this global position going on. Well, um, you know, it affected the economy in such weird ways, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But most people with money invested, it was a short, sharp shock. There was a, a big drip, big drop, middle of March. Within two or three weeks, things had kind of settled, and mm. and the markets got used to what was going on, and kind of had a had a plan. Um, and unless people were really worried and panicked and then got out at that point, you know, not many people lost much money, really. Businesses were going under and, and some were really quite badly affected. Some but now even still, you know. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. Was it, is it Jacques that's just closed in Shrewsbury as well? Shop, Jacques, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a great, great venue, great location, you know. Yeah. But I suppose there's, there's, they've had a lot to deal with being closed for so long. They've opened and had some support, hopefully. And But there are a lot of good restaurants in Shrewsbury as well. Mm. And, um, and it's a real shame. We want to do something with hospitality. We really do. We're ready and ready. As soon as I get my team up, well, I'm ready and ready to go. I say we. Yeah. So that's, the royal, that's definitely <laughs> the royal we at the moment because it's just me at the moment. Um, but building my team up and I really want to go out there and help hospitality with uh, yeah. some great vlogs and some great information and some, yeah. you know, really sexify it yeah. and show people what Shrewsbury's made of, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to the economy and, and things that happened during COVID, we saw some terrible things, obviously, with the uh, the panic buying and the, yeah. the toilet rolls and things like that. But what I, what I found was there were nice reminders of community, really good things that were set up, like help groups, things like this. And yeah. when it comes to community... You, you, you're like the you're king. You, this is one of your things. You're, you're keen on on helping, isn't it, community? I, I love. I've always um, enjoyed helping other people. It's just sort of some, probably the way I'm wired in the DNA. And lots of the team that we've built over the last 17 years. I, I joined St James's 2004 with no staff, with nothing. It was me, so I was in your position, okay. just just thinking about the team and thinking about what the business is going to look like. And um, so, so for 2004, I've always got involved in charitable things. Always got involved in community projects. Always tried to help people because what I've found and, and the business is based on really is just doing a good job and being a good person. Yeah. People do remember you when they need you uh, and they'll recommend you to other people. And, they, and now if people need something, it could be something random, but they'll often ask me, oh, do you know somebody that can do this? And generally I will. And if I don't, I'll know somebody else that will know that person. So so you become a great signposter and a really positive influence on people. And you can, you can help. Why wouldn't you really? So it's... It, it means... It, that's my, definitely my phone affecting the mic there. Um, it, it really does help in more ways than you realise. When you when you help a project, say like with PodAid, so for the listeners at home that are unaware, Nick, you were very, very influential with how things ended with, with PodAid because we raised that, we got over that £1,000 hurdle because of you at the end. And it was like, I nearly, I tried to hold my tears back because I was, I was so, like, we'd been working all year on this thing. And so it, it's not just about the money. It's about making a thing that works. And you made sure that this thing worked for me and it just meant, meant the world to us it really yeah, well, did you know? I, I appreciate that but but I think I was I saw something I think Jules had put on Facebook to start with that was about the fact that there was an opportunity to sponsor and yeah. I was intrigued and, and if I'm honest I didn't know much about podcasts I don't I don't generally know you know I do subscribe to a few and I listen to some regularly 
um, not as regularly as I could because everyone's <laughs> busy working. doing stuff. Um, but well, I, you know, I was I was amazed at the impact and the effort, effort that you're going to to make it happen and going through the night. And I watched quite late into the morning, and then I, oh, watched, I watched early in the morning again. I got up and I had about four hours sleep, so a bit more than you did probably. But <laughs> but, uh, but I was just taken aback by it. But absolutely, I, I recognise that that target figure was so important to you personally and and that was you were almost i would say probably wrongly but you were judging yourself and the success of the whole thing by whether you hit that number or not uh. so because of how much it meant to you personally we'd never met had we at that point no, 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 we, no. So we only met what well, we were drunk at Oktoberfest. but but um but I recognise the effort and the impact and, and, and the amount of difference it would make to you uh, having done that and the, ch- the team that worked with you to do that mm. and, and the guys in the States that were pulling it through the night and things. So if, if, it, <laughs> if it had fallen £100 short and you thought it was a failure, that would have been horrendous. Yeah, oh, bless you. That, but, uh, and I, yeah, I do. I've learned a lot with, with the, the planning for, for Pod Aid and the, the whole process was mm. I did take a lot on by myself. And, you know, I've had fallouts with my, my colleagues that are still close friends of mine. And, <laughs> you know, it, it got very close to the wire with um, with some of my friends, whether they were going to actually come because I was just like so like mm. focused on me. And the reason being is because I have this really romantic idea with Pod Aid when it comes back next year that it's going to be something that's going to grow and get bigger. And mm. I needed that thousand pound um start figure to say this is what we can improve on which this is going to make it even harder next time but um, no I do appreciate that and um, yeah I was talking about you know being drunk so I, was, I just remember I had a flashback to me sort of messaging Tom Bruno because David Raby who's in California was drinking whiskey for the whole thing <laughs> and he got to a point where he was just blotto he was just so drunk he couldn't yeah. he was, so I was like yeah David's going to have to go and have a lie down for a bit we, we literally canned him for like three or four hours yeah. see the hairy guy <laughs> yes yeah. yes yeah. we got to a point where I was like yeah, David needs to lie down. Go uh, <laughs> drink some coffee. I, I did fear for you, to be fair. You know, the time difference is one thing, and then having having that not really a filling slot because it was it was a prime time and their time. Yeah, and, of course, and, yeah, yeah. And filling for us, kind of, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and and uh, interesting characters and the dynamics of the cultures and how how that all went. But obviously, you you're, you're really good friends, and that came across as well. And, yeah, yeah. and it came across, and, and great that they were supporting and sponsoring as well. And it's and, difficult and, trying to control your friends, though. And this is what I was just, we were just especially if they've been drinking Jack for twelve hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was messed in as well. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, right, we got ahead of ourselves massively. Uh, I want to talk about sort of you. The, I've written down here the Nick of yesteryear. What was it? Oh, oh. <laughs> where, wow. where, where do you hail from? Are you, are you Shrewsbury origin? Or oh, yeah, Shrewsbury. Boy, yeah. uh, born in in Copthorne Hospital. Oh yeah. well, yeah, in 1971. Uh, so I was I was 50. I don't want to admit it. You know, it's just a number. I was 50 in January uh, during lockdown, which was congratulations great. for making it this far. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a ride. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it's it, yeah. Local local guy. Lo- lo- local uh, things. I'm a great fan of Shropshire. Great fan of local people because there's some fantastic people around. You've had lots of them on the show previously. Yeah, you know, of course. With, yeah. with and Beth, and you know, lots lot, lots of people that we know mutually but we've never met but but it's it's a great place to be great place to be in business um great place to build a business we started as i mentioned a little bit earlier we started in 2004 with st james's place just myself um built up and built up and built up but on on the if i, if I take you back further i suppose there's continuity is going to be awful when going people listen to this yeah go back in time <laughs> so so local schools local uh went to college uh tech up the road here london road 
um, did A-levels, I did an extra year because I was uh, working in a bar at, at the time and not necessarily studying as hard as I could have done, <laughs> yeah. um, which was great. So, uh, But then I, I was doing business studies um, and then I, I became a, a, a fan of business studies and really got into it and I wanted to then become a business studies teacher. So I did a, a two-year conversion from a H&D that I'd done at Crew and Asia at Wolverhampton University, so qualified as a business studies teacher. At the time, they didn't do business studies in Shropshire. So I was travelling to Sedgley, in between Wolverhampton and Dudley, from Shrewsbury in a battered Mark II Escort. Sometimes <laughs> we'll get there, sometimes not. Um, I did my teacher training, I got qualified, and, and I was doing supply teaching because there wasn't actually any business studies roles that were at that time that I, that I managed to get. Um, and whilst I was in that supply teaching role, uh, I saw a job advertised, it was an Easter holiday or something, for the man from the Pru. So the Prudential at the time were one of the biggest life insurance industries, still are now. Um, but they were recruiting non-industry people. Um, there was a six-week residential course. You learnt all about stuff in the first day. I remember, didn't even know what a premium was. So, you know, a payment for mm. a policy. I didn't know, it was all my premiums. I thought, what's that? And I thought, crack, I've got a long way to go here, really. Um, but after that first six weeks, I did the first. It was FPC one, two, and three. I did the first one after six weeks. Uh, and then actually just started and, and changed career totally. So I'd, become a, I'd been a qualified teacher, didn't get the, the full-time gig in that, and then became a finance advisor at that point. Back then, sort of late 90s, you could be a double glazing salesman and then within a couple of weeks and a, and a, a month or two of training, you could be a financial advisor. Nowadays, there's a bit more um, a bit more to it. Uh, it's a bit more serious. And well, not, not give everyone a job. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there, are, there, are, there is a big uh, hole in the industry sector because there aren't enough advisors and there are more and more people needing advice. So lots of the guys are older than me that were, that were in the industry. So if you've got an average age of... 58, 62 or whatever it might be, they'll all be retiring soon. We need younger people coming into the industry and it's a fantastic opportunity because you can make really good money but you can really have a good impact on people's lives. So you can have that, whatever drives you, you can you can tick those boxes. Yeah, and I think you've got to, you've got to be able to, when it comes to finance, I mean, it is very skilled profession it really is i mean we had helped from is it chris Goff? chris Goff, i think it is no he was very good very helpful because we became a cic and i was like i can't do this i don't right. do numbers and figures and he like the information that this guy could reel off the top of his head and just help us oh, you need to do this you need to do this you need to make sure you can look at it and i was just like wow because it's not easy yeah really. was, was that an accountant or was that a he was an accountant yeah, right. yeah right okay is there a difference yeah, massively. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. There yeah. you go. Learning. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so accountants would be about, well, different, again, you can nowadays specialise in different branches of accountancy. So you can be the bookkeeping type that okay. just do your annual returns through them. So if right. you, with your business, you give them all the paperwork, they put in some sort of order and then report to the revenue and make sure you pay the right amount of tax and stuff. Um, that's the accountancy side. Or they can be involved in business planning about, okay, this is where we are now. What does a business need to look like for us to be more valuable in the future and we can uh. sell for multiple millions of pounds, whatever it might be. Um, so that's the accountancy side. The financial advisor side, 
It's more about um, savings for the future. It's more about investment policies. It could be about protecting yourself if you've got a mortgage or if you've got young children and something happened to you. How is that going to be repaid or how are they going to be looked after until, oh, they're, okay. until they're able to look after themselves? So, um, and sometimes it's to do with a, a mortgage itself. That you know, how do you buy your first home? How do you how do you move up the ladder? Um, a, a financial advisor would do that, not an accountant. Um, or you can, and we've got a specialist mortgage advisor in the practice, Sean. He's a really good guy, um, and he looks after our existing and new clients and for some local estate agents so he's a specialist in that role so is it your job to stop people from being naive because <laughs> um, it's quite a bit of education yeah it can, can be and, and sometimes people we do like it. me I've never, I've never had a mortgage so no, like, yeah. no. And, 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 and things like so a so mortgage is one thing you know one of the things that people generally earlier do but are doing later now because mm. houses are so expensive and um, also things like pensions we do with on the education piece about pensions because for a lot of people, I've heard of the term, but I don't know what it means. You know, and it's it's it can make a massive difference. Yeah. And if you can if you can get it earlier and actually begin something like that earlier, the growth on the growth of any money you put in over the length of time is really huge at the end. So the earlier you start, the bigger the pot at the end, however much you put in. Um, and if you can get it managed properly in the meantime, even better, it'll be even larger, and then you'll be able to do more with it in the future. Yeah. So when you get to 55, 60, 65, 70, whenever you think, actually, I need some income now that's not going to come from working. If you've got that pot set aside, you, you, you're set. If, if you haven't, it's a bit too late because you might have two years to go and you think, oh, God, if only I had that, if only I had that chat with Nick in 2020, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, this, you know, but putting foundations in place can make a real difference. In it's really easily done, though. I mean, I've, I work for a good company, luckily, and, you know, we've got good, uh, you know, uh, policies, about pensions and I just leave it go just crack on yeah, right. you'll look after my money go on but you don't check it you don't know what half the figures mean and stuff like I just, I'm just absolutely putting my trust in them that they'll look after it for me so yeah. sometimes it's good to get a second look I guess maybe it's good to get a second opinion also you are like probably 90% of the population yeah. that get a statement if you've got a pension which is which is a good starting point you get a statement and you look at it and think okay what well, uh, that's the value there what was the value this time last year? Uh, or you might tell you on the statement, actually. Oh, is, it, is it more this year? Is it grown? Yeah, great. Okay, great. Put it back in the drawer. And then forget about it until you get the next statement next year. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of human nature, because if it's something that you're not interested in, it gets more more important and more interested in the older you get and the nearer a, 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 an event when you might want to start taking money out of the pot. You know, that gets more mm-hmm. important. And a lot of people will contact me when they're 55 and say, right, Nick, 60 I had a chat with someone earlier actually um, he, he's 51 and he wants to retire at 60 so now he's gets he's thinking about getting everything in order so he knows what he'll be in line for when he's 60 and with a good good plan now then that's achievable without that plan he's just going to kind of bimble along and, and maybe get to 60 and look at his numbers and think oh god I've got a bit of a shortfall here now what I'm going to do I'm going to keep working I've, yeah. got to, I've got to work four five days rather than the two days I wanted to work um, and then, and what I love about what we can do, if people are organised enough and they've got all everything in place, they've then got the time and ability while they've got their health and energy to make a difference to other things or, or get involved in things or you know great charities they can volunteer at and they've got the money sussed they've got that taken care of they can then spend their time on things that they really enjoy and that nourish their soul sounds a bit hippie but, but that makes a real difference to people the happiest clients I've got have got it nailed and you know the money's taken care of then you've got choice I always say and I've always said it like holidays mm. you know like these these things that you, you pay for to go and enjoy they're, they're massive investments with you because I mean like you know you go away on holiday you come back and what do you do you, you're reinvigorated you want to go yeah. and do things and you yeah. know yeah. you're giving your brain a 
bit of a holiday as well. Absolutely, yeah. I, I did a, I did it for for seven years. I was on a on a course called Strategic Coach, and Dan Sullivan is the is the main man based in Toronto, and he's been doing it now for twenty five thirty years. And some of his pupils, if you like, students have been on the course for twenty odd years, and and they go quarterly. You go to some people go to Toronto. I was going to London when I was doing it, and you're with a cohort of other people that are doing it, all different sectors, all different people, different backgrounds, different. Um, different interests and hobbies and all sorts but you know a fascinating group of characters some people were coming over from india to to attend the london wow. group that i was in and things so you know proper commitment and um, you have the, have the day you you go through the for the process of that day of what you were learning and then you go off and then in 90 days you come back so it's amazing if you break down a year into 90 day se- seg- segments and then you look back after the 90 days and look what you've actually achieved, you can do so much. So if you did that four times a year you've, and you've looked back and then looking forward and you're committing to the rest of the room what you're going to do for the next the, the next 90 days and then you get back in the room in 90 days time, ah, so your to-do list was this. Did you do that? And when you're accountable to your peers like that, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. I don't know why I thought about Dan now. Oh, yeah, so, 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 the, so, the, so the idea with that was that, you know, investing in yourself and things, the more holidays you take, the more business you do whilst you are working and the more refreshed you are at that time. So one of his big things was, you know, booking those things. And I'm now, here we are in November. I'm not sure when this is going out, but we're in November sitting here. Uh, and I'm already now starting looking at the 2022 calendar and breaking down and planning in when Emma and I and, and the kids are going to be on holiday. And whether that's long weekends, whether that's a, a week at a time, maybe a fortnight and maybe, maybe you know, somewhere abroad, maybe somewhere local, wherever it may be. But factoring that in now, and then I'll then I'll know what days I've got available to be seeing clients, um, existing clients and new clients, um, and then I'll say, well, what's my annual target? I've set myself. And then I'll have a daily amount for the days I've got available. Wow! So you know, I need your level of planning and organisation. I really do because uh, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I, I do need to start looking at stuff like that because. Um, with my other show, You Soccer, US, UK, whatever you want to say if you don't want to get offended. But um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're completely, uh, because we started this show like beginning of COVID, we had these ideas of doing Comic-Cons either side of the, the Atlantic and talking about culture and blah, blah, blah. And it never really worked because of COVID and because of the issues we had. So we were going to re, re, you know, re, you know, plan things. I want to look for events like festivals and yeah. and plan the whole year out. And I've never done that before. Yeah. But I'm going to see how it goes. Cause if, I think if you if you allow yourself, you know, you book the time, book the time, plan the time to plan. Mm. What, three hours? You could, you, you could nail pretty much next year. Yeah. You, you know, do, do it. And then the weight that's lifted after, because you've got clarity then and, and you're... You, when you've got downtime, you won't be thinking, oh, I need to be planning what I'm doing in January. Because you'll already kind of know. And and then your downtime and your quality time when you're with your significant other and, and your friends and family and kids and all of that stuff, then you're, you're focused and you're, you're with them, you're present. You're not in the back of your mind thinking, oh, God, I've got to be doing this. Because they know if you're, if you're with loved ones and you're not really there, they know. Oh, yeah. you know, and I'd be, you know, I've been, been massively guilty of that in the past, yeah. when because because your business becomes your passion, and your passion then, if you spread yourself too thin, you don't do anything well. So so having that time and focusing, right, this is what I'm doing now, right, that's done, big tick in the box. Now, right, I'm home, phone's gone, you know, emails have stopped. I say that I was emailing clients at I don't know, quarter to ten last night, whatever, replying to theirs, but but 
in the situation it was okay because uh, you know we were as a family doing something else when I should have been um, concentrating on what they were, they were doing so uh, I'm guilty of it sometimes though. I mean I, I did, like, it was before we went to Skegness and I was on the laptop doing some editing or something yeah. and I, you know I, was, I heard this mm, mm, and it's Timmy trying to communicate with my kid right. and I felt so guilty yeah. the kid was trying to talk to me and I completely I was completely just how focused old, on how old is Timmy? six right. you know what I mean and I, we spend we're so close we spend a lot of time together so little moments like I break my heart because yeah. I'm kind of like oh man that was my opportunity to share something nice with my kid yeah so I'm putting a bit more effort into sort of uh, work is work the podcast is the podcast and family time is family time yeah like last night because um, I'm very busy this week I've, my schedule's ridiculous I don't, I'm not going to see much of my family really um, yeah. um, so last night was really nice because we just dimmed the lights a bit we spent some time with Timmy then when he went to bed we sat down and watched some Netflix you know yeah. Just, yeah. and I really sort of cherished those few hours just sitting on the sofa it sounds daft but yeah and that's the sort of thing that everyone remembers you know, yeah. that, that your loved ones will remember yeah. um, and when you are working hard and stuff you, if you're in a supportive relationship they'll, they'll support that they understand you know you've got to work you've got to do things I think it's quite quite difficult at the moment a lot of people who are working from home and you mentioned your laptop and I've, yeah, seen, yeah. I've seen pictures of it on social media in, in coffee well, shops and whatever famous, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. see more of the laptop than you but but it, it becomes really difficult to have that that distinction of when okay I'm at home the laptop's open does that mean now I'm working or am I just browsing and you know you've got something on the telly and I'm, I'm kind of doing both and, mm. and that's that's really hard and, and there isn't really a magic uh, answer to that apart from just being mindful of it and then maybe being more sensitive and, and closing it and putting it down and, and, and yeah, being there and having time when you're just watching Netflix or you're spending time with Timmy and the family and yes it is important but when it comes to actual investments uh, we're talking about emotional investments which yeah. are really important yeah. but when it comes to actual investments and taking care of someone's money yeah. what is that like as a responsibility because you can get it wrong in so many different ways Is I mean are you used to it now have you, have you messed up in the in the past I mean how's that gone for you yeah I mean, that, that's a great question and, and something that when you've I don't want to sound like an old old git, but when you've been doing it as long as I have, you don't kind of worry about it too much because you've you're confident in your own advice anyway, and you take your own advice. You know, you structure things as I would tell a client, really. Um, so, I do feel a responsibility that if it goes wrong, you know, I, I would absolutely. In two thousand and eight, when there was the, the recession, yeah, there was yeah. the, the big recession um, in my working life. That was horrendous because people were panicking and worrying. And nobody really knew when the end was in sight and, and people that couldn't sleep at night, you know, I take that personally and then I wasn't sleeping at night and 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 that began because I'm I'm a an empath, I think there's now the term, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, I care and, and you do you do put yourself in people's shoes and you think, Well actually, you know, in this situation, what's the best thing to do? You know, what what would I do in that situation? And you're always thinking that through. The the people that panicked the most and couldn't sleep at night in two thousand eight got out the markets at that time so they so they their investment might have gone from and i'll give you some numbers might have gone from a hundred thousand to sixty thousand mm. and then they're thinking oh blimey you know it's going to go to 40 it's going to go it's going to go to 20 gonna it's, it's going to yeah, disappear yeah, yeah. yeah so at that point they might have put their sixty thousand that was left into cash funds or in cash to plan altogether um, and then when things had recovered they're still sitting with cash so they've still got their sixty thousand hasn't gone down anymore but if they left it where it was it would have gone back up over a hundred so, so they've actually made the loss and then no, never given themselves a chance to get back in. Yeah. And, and I only had half a dozen clients that did that at that time in 2008, but I'll never forget it. And the difficulty then is working out when they're most comfortable to get back in. And generally it's when the rise has already happened. So, you know, everything, of the social, not social media, the media generally 
has a down on markets. If, if things are down, they report it. If there's a recovery, they don't report it. So if things are choppy, you'll have three updates uh, in a week all about how many billions have been wiped off the stock market or whatever. Yeah. They won't report that actually there was a recovery the next day. It's, everything's cool. So they've never tell you that. And if you take that, <laughs> take that step back and look five years, things will be all right. But when you're in the middle of the storm, then then everybody worries and panics and and 24-hour news and and you know it's if you happen to pick Bloomberg on watching you, that line go up and down yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> well mainly down yeah, that is the down that they yeah. would highlight because yeah. those graphs look better if they got red on them than green or blue yeah, yeah. Somebody <laughs> um, sells, 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 yeah, yeah. So, so having the experience of the people in 2008 that, that got out at the wrong time and didn't get back in without making a loss and this time around is a lot more comfortable to say you know what if your objectives are still five years or ten years or twenty years time don't worry too much about today or tomorrow or the next couple of months. Doesn't make much difference. Keep the faith. You know, you, you've got it spread in enough places that some of them will be up and others will be down. And that's the way that diversifying a, a portfolio works, really. Uh, you, sitting here today, nobody knows what the best thing will be next year. Experts, inverted commas, will, will try and tell you if they're trying to sell you something specific. But in reality, having enough of a spread will mean you've got the best chance of having a, a good range of growth. Don't put Just, it all on black. <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, and then there's lots of lots of crazy and fads that have been and gone, and you know there's a lot going on at the moment that people are getting into. But the danger is, if if that becomes not the investment of choice all of a sudden, and people stop wanting to buy in, who are you going to sell to? I saw a poster actually on Facebook yesterday. It was um, I think it's like 2002 or something. It was like Nokia, the world's biggest mobile company, yeah. over a billion yeah. phones around worldwide. And I was like, wow, yeah. Yeah. that wasn't that long ago. No. <laughs> Absolutely no, no. Well, a lot, a lot of the biggest companies now, you know, the ones that have got the biggest market cap value, yeah, yeah. they they weren't around three years ago. Yeah, exactly. You know? And and that that's where it becomes difficult to predict. But there's lots of funds that will invest in these up and coming next best thing, and probably two of them will be fantastic. Eight of them will fail. And that's and the idea. Like really spreading. simple ideas as well. You're like thinking, how did I not think of that? Yeah. Uber, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. just an app. Where you, uh, do you have an event, business or promotion that needs advertising? Well, the Shrewsbury Biscuit is here for you. With listeners local, nationwide, even worldwide, we have the perfect place to get the word out. And the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast is a registered CIC, so you'd be helping us while we help you. Drop us a line at shrewsburybiscuitpodcast at gmail.com and speak to us today. The Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast, the voice of Shrewsbury. Um, I had because um, I, I didn't know anything about like investments or stocks or money or I, anything like that. And yeah. I, was, I remember for you, sir, we got this great relationship with TV guests, but they're um, a publishing company in America, and yeah. they, they they got us in touch with Daniel Goodman, and he right. sounded because well, it's it's R rated and we can swear and stuff. And you, sir, it was amazing because he's he just sounded like something from the Wolf of Wall Street. It was amazing, right. and he was just teaching us all about you know if your stocks go down, don't sell. Keep yeah. it. If it goes up, sell a little bit. Keep. Yeah. He was teaching me. It was so fantastic. Yeah. I wish we could get into the stocks. If we could just have that ride, because it could. Ju- it just seems like something. It's like a roller coaster. Up, 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 down, up, up, down. You know, just yeah. yeah. But when it comes to being sensible, yeah, yeah. you've got to be sensible, right? You can't really. Absolutely, yeah. We we don't get involved in the individual shares. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Recommending this, buy this, sell that, do any of that. Mm. We, we did the whole St James's Placeway. So, so I probably should have said. So Throgmorton Associates uh, are a partner practice, senior partner practice of. 
St. James's Place. St. Yeah. James's Place is a FTSE 100 company with almost £150 billion of clients' money that we look after collectively yeah. across the UK, not just this office. Um, but, but the Frogmorton um, business now looks, over, looks after over £560 million of clients' money between us and our colleagues in Leicester. So, so Nick Jones, well planning, merged, little history lesson. We, we merged in April this year with Throgmorton Associates, so became the snazzily titled Throgmorton Associates. Uh, <laughs> so all this change really is that we've changed the logo on the front of the building. I'm now a, um, a director and a shareholder of a much bigger practice. Uh, everything's three times the size, pretty much. But we've got management help where I didn't have before. And we've got, I've now bought myself some time to start helping more clients because I was doing more of the management of the practice. Must be nice. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's fantastic, yeah. And, and having the time to plan is really good. And so this is what I'm really excited about next year. And I'm already you now building momentum and starting meeting new people mm. that may well become clients before the end of the year. If not, it'll be quarter one, quarter two next year. So, so you know, I can see the future's really bright. Um, but it was a great deal for me. I extracted some equity, so I took some money out, um, but also then reinvested some equity into the new business. So, so yeah, and, and a new business, well, but the new combined business, it's going to be fantastic because we've got 15 advisors, we've got all sorts of specialisms. We've got a, 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 we're trying to build a hundred-year business. So the old, the other directors are a little older than me. I'm the youngest at 50. We've got a 57. We've got a 62, and um, and their exits over time is is going to be managed properly and planned for, and then we'll have the young advisors that come through and then can become directors in the future so um, so it's a real good successful story and we're recruiting new people here now in Shrewsbury and we had a new member of staff start last week um, but also you know as I mentioned probably off air we were talking about the potential for a great career within financial advice mm. uh, there are more clients than ever needing advice more potential clients and fewer advisors to give it because the average age of an advisor being 58 60 they'll all be retiring in the next few years um, and and we need new blood coming in. Yeah, they're always looking for the future. You know, mm. it's um, really exciting though to have yeah. this new thing that you're working on. And this is yeah. what happens, you know, if if uh, you can put your mind to other things rather than worrying about loads of. Th- I mean, like you know, what if somebody wants to come and run my social media for me? Yeah. Imagine the amazing things I could do with a shoes and biscuit. Just just putting that out there right now. If anyone else <laughs> wants to get in touch and help me out, because it's a nightmare. Um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to you know financial advisors and you know you're saying there's like this this age threshold. So like yeah. when you guys go and they'll be like, you know, a massive cry out for. Yeah, for financial advisors, and you're taking that that forward leap, you know. Absolutely, and it and it doesn't happen overnight. So you know, I, I say I have uh, what ninety eight, I think, or ninety six. I've got first qualified, so that's a little while now. Was twenty five years, um, and you know, we've got young guys in the practice who I mentioned Sean about mortgages, but he's probably our youngest advisor at thirty two, so he's got loads of time on his side and he's a really good guy and he's he's a potential star for the future he's a star now he's a good lad for the future and we've got other people it depends on their appetite for taking risks appetite for becoming management or a director of a business you know some people just happy doing a salaried role and and that's enough thanks very much my bills are paid i don't want any hassle or stress because mm. it's not all it's not all sweetness and light it can, it can be good times bad times and certainly before this stage, uh, when it was the early days, you know, it saw it was that time I remember distinctly, you know, there's £10 in the wallet and it's like, OK, is that going in, in buy me lunch or is that going to put diesel in the car? You know, and that, and that doesn't feel long ago. And, and probably having that memory 
it makes you even more um, thankful for for what you've got and how you've done it and and uh, the people have helped along the way and that and that's probably why I'm more than happy to give back because I still feel very lucky although mm. I put the hours in and lots of successful people I talk to they always say oh, I've been lucky but they forget when they couldn't sleep and they forget when they remortgaged a house and they forget when they were working 75, 80 hours a week. And this is why when we, we you know, hear these phrases like eat the rich and all these sort of things, I'm thinking, well, no, some people actually genuinely deserve it. They've worked hard for it. Yeah. You know, if the biscuit one day becomes this massive thing, you know, and people were like, oh, you know, Mr. Big Boots, Mr. You know, biscuit guy, who do you, who do you think he is? I've worked for this, you know, yeah. I've carried that equipment up and down the cop, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, I really do appreciate appreciate people that have built their own enterprises and things yeah. because you know it, it takes a lot of hard work and like you said there are a lot so many people out there just like me, me with my actual job you know i keep getting offered like i want to say promotion but like a better job with a bit more money but i'm, I'm happy yeah you know I'm, I'm, yeah. i want the biscuit to be successful so i like that equilibrium yeah. uh, homostasis kind of i'm all right as it is going i'm going to carry on doing what i'm doing um you know eventually something will happen for us you know but um you know when it when, when it comes to you though you know, you've got you've got that, and you've also got the shoes Town the community as well. You're working on, you're working yeah. really hard with that, you right? Yeah, yeah. So, so the shoe Town the community. Um, I've been a trustee for six years, and it's it's just they're just a tremendous bunch of them. local guys. You've been involved, don't you? You've seen yeah. you've seen some of the stuff they do. Well, the, you're in the media centre for the pod yeah. aid, weren't you? Yeah. Um, but but I mean, Jamie Edwards has been transformational. I I became a trustee not long after Jamie started, I think. But back in the day when I was at Tech, I was actually working for what was Shubertown the community then, doing football coaching. So Frank Clark, who used to be a Shubertown legend, well, he's, he's still a Shubertown legend, but used to be a player, at the end of his playing career became a, a coach and he, he was manager of a sports centre at Wem or somewhere. Mm. Um, and in the summer uh, holidays, he would do kids' football coaching courses. And I just went along and I was collecting balls and I was doing whatever. I was, you know, I was his lackey, I was his, his, his number two, his assistant. <laughs> Um, but I learned so much from him just the way he was with the kids and stuff and then I became a qualified football coach myself and, and then was doing the summer courses myself so I kind of worked loosely for the Shubertown community as it was back then God, when I was 19 or something so, so to come back now as a trustee and be able to help and and I, and I they've done so much and, and the, the trustees are a great gang different ones with different uh, expertise um, some get involved in different projects but the way that they the, the transform the whole offering really so it's, it's not about football coaching it's not about summer courses yeah. that, that they still do that and do that very well and better than they ever did before but now all the community projects they get involved with they've got the different health activated schemes they've got the extra time for the over 65s and yeah. it's like a social club but with a bit of a bit of um, care and a bit of health and fitness built in there and and, and they've done all all through lockdown they've actually developed even more programs and they've become more important to the community than they were before which is amazing and they've got new facilities and Again, they're, they're they're building new facilities even now, and and, uh, and extending to to South Shropshire, um, North Shropshire, and Shrewsbury itself, and working in conjunction with schools. And we've got people, uh, coaches that go into schools, and help the staff to learn how to do the coaching sessions properly. Sometimes they'll do the sessions themselves, you know, and they'll they'll be in they'll have an allocated worker who is then a role model for some of the young lads, maybe who aren't that motivated by school but like the idea of doing something and they've got all the kick starter schemes going on you know it's it's just it's just a massive positive for Shropshire and and just, it's it's still a bit of a hidden gem although you know as much social media as they can put out there yeah and as many people like me that all spout about it for hours and um, they just they just do so much and, and a lot of people say oh I didn't know that 
And we've got a gala ball coming up 19th of, of uh, November. At yeah, the but I invite for that, Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, 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 you're going. I think so. I think so, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's always a great night because they, they do awards about the participants for different things um, and they thank sponsors and stuff because that's important. Yeah. We, we set up a Friends of the Community uh, scheme with Jamie and I probably about five years ago now. Um, maybe, yeah, five years ago. And we've got about 23, 24 firms that pledge £1,000 each for the year. Oh, that's nice. And you know, so that's £24,000, £25,000 that goes into the charity. Sometimes you can say, well, I'd, I'd like that to go to the, um, I don't know, the walking football programme or the extra time programme, and they'll, they'll divert it that way. Or sometimes you can say, no, I want to sponsor a golf day. So we've sponsored the golf day for the last five, six years, and that raises additional money. So you're magnifying the money that you put in. Nice. But raising more money, and, and you know, it's a networking opportunity as well, and thanking clients and friends and stuff. But again, it's just another way of, of well, that's putting why, back. That's initially why I thought of using uh, that their venue for, for Pod Aid is to be mm. like, we're here at Shrewsbury Town Community, thank you so much. And we did give them a really good mention, and yeah. I'm really grateful for them. And But like we've been speaking to them for... Um, a good while before they've been on the show like three times I think Jamie's yeah. been on twice and then yeah. we went to the, they, when they um, they helped the Ark that's um, right and they were having the footballers there and we went around and uh, I was at the game yeah so it was, a, it was like a v, well, a VIP launch of, of the yeah, actual yeah, there, facility yeah. Yeah. so yeah. again during lockdown you couldn't have fans there yeah um, and um, Marvin Morgan bought a team didn't they so so the guys came it's nice uh, and it was yeah so the Ark played against these, these stars and some ex-players and things it was just a, just a great day. I love them. Uh, and, you know, community is really important because we have seen so much negativity. There has been so much, especially yeah. with social media. I actually, uh, when I went away, I actually deleted Facebook just for a little bit, just for a week, give myself a break yeah, yeah, because yeah. It, yeah. It, it, as, as horrible as it is, there are certain sites that I have to keep on my Facebook and keep an eye on what's going on because I'm part of the press. <laughs> it's what I do, right? right? But those comment reels, they're, they're just the worst, right? So seeing all that negativity, when you see these good things happen in the community, like yeah. yourself, uh, and like, you know, there's so many great companies around Shrewsbury uh, yeah. doing some amazing things. Yeah. It really is. It's relieving. Yeah. It really is. It's, you, it's a relief you, to know you that. Need, you need that balance, don't you? If, if all you read is negativity, yes. you can't help. You know, as strong as you might be minded yourself, you're going to get brought down by it. Mm. Um, and they, you know, there's, a, there's a massive thing to say about being surrounding yourself with positive people. Um, and however bad things get, you're in it together and things will get better. And, and through lockdown, one of the things I did find... Um, I'd started going to Endorf, and you've had Connor on the show, haven't you? Yes, so, he's a good so guy. Good. Connor's an absolute star. He's a, he's a legend. And um, Emma, my wife, had, had found the group before I did. And then we, I, I joined up in January uh, 2020, I'll say. And, um, and then not long after, you know, come to March and shut down. So the gym closed. He went straight on the Zooms. Um, so everybody then trying to find the, te the technology, getting it working. Um, so I was doing it on an iPad at home, um, but on through, through the Facebook links and things. But having that, that discipline and having that structure each day was so important. I didn't yeah. know at the time, I didn't really realise realize how important it would be, but trying to keep the business going, trying to work out that everyone staff-wise was okay at home, all that responsibility, I felt the, the brunt of that. You know, of course. 15 of us at that point before we'd done the merger and everything, which was a year later. Um, and making sure everyone's okay, making sure clients are okay. We got involved in the community uh, as far as like delivering prescriptions. Um, we got involved volunteer driving, delivering when the local takeaways were donating meals to the NHS or to vulnerable. We were just jumping in the car and going and doing that. And whatever it was to help at the time, because it need, you need to feel you're doing something because you felt vulnerable and, and useless otherwise, wasn't it really? But with the, with the Endorf and, and the actual group PT stuff, although it was online, it was getting me up in the morning, 
6.30 they were then this morning section now we're back in, in the gym at 6.45 but yeah 6, 6.30 this morning uh, 6, 6.30 was the online half an hour 7 o'clock showered breakfast right 8 o'clock 8.30 ready to start the day and, and without that it's quite easy to have a lie in it you know? <laughs> oh yeah what am I doing this morning oh, I haven't got a meeting until 11 okay well you know just have a lazy day you need that motivation yeah right? especially working from home you know, that's, that's the thing isn't everything turned into peloton yeah that's right <laughs> everybody on zoom like, mm-hmm. it's fantastic um, I do need to I need to look for I'm looking for a gym at the moment there's lots of lots of like health clubs and stuff around Shrewsbury but I need a, I need a gym what, what do you need from a gym I, do you know what right I wouldn't even want to run I really want I keep saying this and people listen to the biscuit I'm like oh, here he goes again I want to do like a 10k or something. So, but I'm not comfortable running on the road because you know mm. I, I've, I've got I've got, I've got wobbly bits you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> so I, wanna, I just want a cross trainer and um, a treadmill just to run on bam done that's it okay. that's all I need um, have you seen the couch to 5k program yeah i've heard about that i've yeah. heard about that yeah yeah I try so, that. so my wife's halfway through it now and she'll she'll tell you if she's not a runner and worries about wobbly bits as as all people do you know because you're trying to get in condition you've got to start somewhere you? you know usually i don't care you know i put yeah. myself out there in the public all the time but when it comes to like running and stuff yeah it's not yeah uh, yeah but if you if you can run five you can run ten yeah um and i've i've done the london marathon twice you wouldn't think by looking at me. I did 2019 actually, um, and 2009, and I'm going to do it in 2029 because then I would have done it three consecutive, well, ten, three, once each decade for three, three times, <laughs> um, and I'll probably still be about five hours forty something, which isn't fast by any means. There's a bit of walking in there, but but again, you know, I'm ticking the box. I'm doing it, and we did it for Ling and Davis this time, um, which was your charity for Buddy, yeah. Uh, and those great. guys are fantastic, yeah, and, and Steve Oliver who works here, and and uh, and I did it. Now we raised just over six hours, I think, between between us. Congratulations! Um, but, but it was it was great and, and and just a fantastic event. But if it like the shoes be ten k, if that's your target, if we talk about planning, that's in March next year. It's, only, it it's only November. Yeah. 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 Uh, why, why 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 not? Let's do it. I mean, I, I need to. If if anybody you know wants to give the the shoes biscuit a concessionary fee, sort of. <laughs> No, I mean, but what is it? I mean, this was very cleverly steered sort of conversation because I wanted to ask you about the the, the marathons and the, the 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 things that you do, the canoeing, and the, yeah. you know, what is it about you that about pushing yourself? And you, doing you, you've read the website, have you? Yeah, yeah I have. Yeah, I did my yeah, research. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, two thousand. I'll get the, the I'll get the years wrong, especially after COVID. <laughs> it's gone. It's all mixed up, isn't it? But one one year I did the Thames Challenge. So we we rode from the source of the Thames. Uh, down to Windsor, which took five, five days, twenty odd mile day, hundreds. Sounds like a great trip. Sounds it was great. We were camping at night. We had a support team that were going and setting up the camps and stuff. So we were just doing the paddling, which is. Um, but it was just it was relentless to be fair, and and it was it was lovely. And there were fifteen of us from across St James's Place across the country that sort of volunteered and then put a little business plan together and then raised money collectively, because St James's Place have a charitable foundation. And the company, UK PLC, match pound for pound whatever we raise. So, uh, wow. so that's quite nice, isn't it? So, so, so that's an incentive. So anything we do, we have, you know, we do golf days, we do we do all sorts of stuff throughout the year, and it all goes to the central pot that gets matched by the corporate firm. Nice. Um, and you know, it'll be it'll be eight million pound this year probably. Wow. As, you know, the, the, the matched figure. So it's a big big pot, and then it, then it gets given out. So I was involved in an application for funding for. 
uh, the movement centre and, and they've applied for £10,000, which we, hopefully, well, I haven't seen it yet, but hopefully that should be signed off. So, 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 so we raise the money and it comes back. You know, that's the beauty. And, and with, with the connections locally, we can do that. A few years ago, we oh, had nice. £2,500 from the St. James Foundation that went to Shubertown, the community, for the power chair football programme. Because the footballs, for power chairs, you imagine you've got the, the young guys and mm. girls driving these power chairs. The footballs are massive. They're about 50 quid each. They're the big, big really? things. Yeah, and they needed that and I think an extra chair or something. So the 2500 paid for that. And, and they've been doing Monday night sessions ever since. So it's a great money that's that's we raise goes into the central port gets matched and then we can claim it back for good causes so if any of the listeners have got good causes they want to have supported get in touch and we, we can oh, we yes. can absolutely do that um so yeah so you talk about the so the original charity side so did that the thames one the year after i did mount Tukul, which is in morocco yeah I right so that, there was a bigger group of us for that and that was great but horrendous but it a really hard work and stuff and yeah the, the, the day of the summit was something i'll never forget <laughs> but again, a, a good putting yourself out there, doing things, and, and making a difference. Um, I'd, I've always loved challenges, and sometimes I get sponsored, and sometimes I just do it for the hell of it. So, um, jumped out of a plane. Uh, Emma bought me that for Christmas. I think she was trying to tell me something. I made, I made sure she had nothing to do with packing the uh, the shoot itself. It was uh, just did that at Tilstock, at the air, airfield there, you know, just by Whitchurch, and that was tremendous. A solo solo one. So you jump out, and you've got a as you jump out the, the, the chute itself is supposed to release because it's on a, on a line attached to the plane and then you just float down um, but it doesn't always happen straight away so you have a day's training on, on the what ifs it doesn't open and as it was I looked up and mine hadn't really opened so it, all, it was all twisted so I'm there dangling thinking oh, okay I'm looking down I'm looking back up at the chute and they taught you to twist yourself around hopefully then it unfurled itself before you hit the ground and come down so it was a little bit stressful and that, wasn't, that, that, that wasn't even for charity that was just that was just for fun um so that was that one um i'll tell you about next year's challenge though which, yeah, please which do, yeah. it would have been this year's yeah. um another st james place trip uh for the foundation is that the uh, a few years ago they set up a a charity called supporting nipple's children and those guys funded and built a school that has now been going, you know, for for probably five or six years, and they've got another project which they're doing alongside the school to build a college which, where people can learn uh, plumbing and electrician skills and building and, nice. and dressmaking and you know, all sorts of skills that people can learn, and then they can go back to their areas and set up a business and teach other people the same skills. Nice. So, so there's 15 of us on the program again from all over the UK, and we've pledged to raise 75,000 between us, and that's then going to get matched. And then the 75,000 matching is going to go to something called Onside, which are UK-based um, sports and recreation zones in deprived areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the, that's the title of it, it's snazzly. But Onside, but if you look at the website, you know, they do some great stuff. Um, so, so it's double-edged, really. You've got the Nepal thing, which is going to be brilliant, um, make a massive difference to those guys. And then you've got the, the, the UK matching funding, which is going to be really making a difference in deprived areas in the UK. But for the Nepal side, we get to go over. We were supposed to be there. Um, I think we're supposed to be there now. It was going to be October, uh, at the end of October weekend for about 14 days. And uh, we would have been there now, but it got canned when the second, when the Delta virus, uh, the yeah, Delta, Delta virus, version kicked yeah. off. Because Nepal's got a huge border with India um, that's unmanned and there's just, uh, there's very little vaccination program and they've really suffered. So they need the money and the help more than ever 
But you can't get over You there. can't get there to do it, no. So they are starting the programme. So we were originally going to be going and, and clearing the ground and, and digging the footings and doing all that stuff, starting off. But it looks like now we're going to go at the same time next year and we'll actually be finishing things off. So we'll be doing painting and we'll be almost doing the, the official handover because um, we've already raised lots of money because we thought we were going. Um, so, so that's going to be October next year that I'm going and taking part. But it's it's four or five days of hard labour on, on the actual build or, or the prettying up of the site, hopefully at that point now. Uh, and then some days trekking around the Himalayas. Um, you do, do Everest what itself. Amazing. But you get, yeah. So, because uh, it was a big year for me this year, 50 in January, the emerging or the evolution of the practice in April, and then that would have been a great end to the year now, but it's just been deferred. So you're going to do it next year? And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that and, extra and time to raise a bit more money then? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because, because of the way that we've done it and, uh, and the year that I've had, um, I'm actually personally matching the matched... Uh, hang on, let's get this right. So, so for each pound that I get raised... I'm matching that myself personally, make it two pounds, and then St James's Place are matching that, so it'd be four pounds. So every pound raised becomes four. Wow. Okay. So, uh, and I've carried that, you know, I've, I've sort of pledged to do that next year as well. It was only going to be this year, but next year, because I'm not going until next October. Um, and and that, it's looking like it should be about six and a half, seven, which will become 14, which will become 28. So Amazing. Good. Yeah. Oh, I love that you do this, though. I, lo- I, lo- yeah. I mean... I bought your your Pode t-shirt and stuff. It's just yeah. it's the way you bought that. It's probably one of the most expensive t-shirts you've ever bought. Um, <laughs> it, it is without a posh designer badge on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that you do this because, yeah, I mean, when it comes to like uh, the, the community aspect of things, you know, there there are sometimes they do these unsung heroes that go out there and really push themselves out and it really just has a nice feeling about it and it just makes me feel warm and the fact that you've ha- managed to help something I've put together personally just yeah. it makes it selfishly makes it even better so you know thank you for all, the, all that you're doing for the community you know I think um, I, I love it I get more out of it and as you said earlier it's not about the money necessarily it's about how yeah. you make people feel and that's yeah. what people remember Yeah, uh, and it's the same work wise really if, if you can keep, keep people organised and change their life because they can now do something that they thought they couldn't. How great is that? You know, I, I've got a I'm, I'm in a very privileged position that people tell me things they don't tell many other people. Some people don't talk about money in the family. You know, they, they wouldn't tell their parents or their siblings, or they've just got this situation. And, and they, but they'll confide in me. Good times and bad. So I mean, sadly, sometimes some things happen to people, and you know, they ill health or or sudden death bad or some, something horrendous. And and if we're if we're the first person that they call and then they say okay this is the situation, we've got to keep it um, positive as we can. But sometimes it's a really be bad prognosis. Yeah. We've got to be realistic, and then we really help for them whilst they've got whatever time they've got left. And then they're next to kin. You know, I've got a lady at the moment sadly who's just become a widow of a guy who's fantastic, looked after him for about eight or nine years. You know, the people become like family. That's a big responsibility then to make sure she's okay. And he knew, I spoke to him two weeks before he died, he knew he didn't have long left. And the conversation was all about, okay, you know, I know you'll look after her, Nick, but make, you know, please promise me. And I'm like, of course I will. You know, you know me. And he's like, yeah, I know. So, uh-huh. so that's lovely. But he, he knew he was not long left. Um, and it's just nice to be able to give him that peace of mind when he needed it. And we, you know, we are looking after his wife and she's lovely. And, and, and she will just let us get on with it like he used to, really. Uh, but it's knowing that that 
that we're there and, and that support and we've turned a bit dark at the moment haven't we but, but yeah. it's very it's, no, no, it's, 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 important. it's, it's, it's as important Life. as the good stuff yeah. Yeah, you know, and there's also like the, the challenges I mean like what about if somebody came to you that is used to putting everything on black mm. and is very impulsive with their money and stuff like that you know mm. how difficult is that for you guys some people aren't ready to have like things properly uh, organised at the mm-hmm. moment, and, and that's absolutely fine. You know, and we we would never fall out with anybody and say, "Oh, you're a fool." We you might think, <laughs> "What well, have you done that for?" Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't do it like that. <laughs> and we do have some clients that like to have a play with some of their money, and they might say, "Okay, well, you know, I've got some Bitcoin, I've got a bit of this," and, and they always feel like they're confessing sometimes. And you're like, "Well, as a proportion of what you've got all together, you've got ten percent you're taking a risk with personally." That's okay, you know. It's not going to stop you sleeping at night. If you if it goes up, fantastic, great. If you lose it, you can afford to lose it, and that's fine as well. So mm. if it, that's okay, and some couples have got different levels of risk, they're happy with themselves. So so the husband sometimes will take more risks, and the wife won't even know about it. And 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 they say, oh yeah, we've got that bit over there, but don't talk about that when she's in the room. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, absolutely right. And sometimes it's the other way around. It could be the wife who's got other things going on, but and or, or, or running away money or whatever they call it. If it's you know, this little pot there, just in case it doesn't work out. Been married twenty five years, but you know it might be might turn sour. I want to move to Tahiti. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. And people, people tell you all sorts. Yeah, yeah. And I got one couple, one couple who, who were going to go live in Bulgaria. You know, that's that's their thing. They've already got a place there. They're just putting all the money aside, getting everything organised. And they're going to have a whale of a time on not much money because you don't need much money, apparently, in Bulgaria. And it's supposed to be fantastic. I always said to the wife, I mean, we need to spend a year in the States, you know, because I want to take, yeah. while I'm doing this with the microphone, I want to, you know, take this British accent of mine across there because they love it. Genuinely, yeah. Yeah, I, could find, yeah. I reckon I can find work over there. Yeah. Hi, and welcome to the radio, you know. <laughs> I already kind of do it now. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I got, I got off topic now. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, with those guys that take risks, um, yeah. so they're, they're in safe hands when they come to you and yeah. you'll help them out. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and they say we 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 wouldn't judge, and and sometimes people have done it themselves and they do okay, and you know you can you can get lucky and you can oh. do things really well if you, if you've got a share portfolio with a a platform like a Hargreaves Lansdowne or something, it's cheap and you can manage it yourself. What we do find is when things get sticky, if there's a, a tough tough time and things are going down in value, um, that's sometimes when people hand over the reins and they say, you know what. I've, I've enjoyed the ride and now I just need it done properly because I've made some money I don't want to lose it and that's the thing then the fear of losing what they've already built is a, is a thing and sometimes people inherit money and they don't want to take risk with that person it's that anxiety of not making a move because you're too scared <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. So, what, well, so what should I do and, and generally again talk back to the time scale so if you've got long enough things will go up things will go down but if you don't need all that money in one go in the next two months you, know, you can maybe do something with it we'd always say at least three to five years as an investment horizon merely ideally but access is available beforehand if you really need it for something mm. that's, that's the, the sort of rule of thumb well um, I think this has been a great icebreaker proper icebreaker for us <laughs> because we've yeah. met kind of um by a pod aid and uh, drunk at a disco yeah. <laughs> silent disco gotta say it's very weird that was wasn't it you take your headphones and go oh, hello uh, hi, hi how are you you know it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. very interesting surreal yeah, yeah. Um, and I appreciate talking to you because you are a pillar of the of the community and you know um, you. I, I see your name even before pod aid mentioned your name mentioned a few times on different projects and things and I'm likely to see you about as well so you know the, I, the, I should the, say yeah 
fireworks and stuff. Um, is there anything you? Because obviously you got this new venture coming up, new uh, financial advisor and stuff. If somebody wanted to get into into that sort of trade now and sort of join you, uh, what yeah. advice would you give them? Well, we've actually at St James's Place have a, an academy where yeah. they will take non-industry people um, with the right skill set. To be fair, they've got mm-hmm. to be the right kind of people. To be fair, you've got to get on with people. Yeah. You've got to have a generally a positive outlook. If you might be a professional already, you might be looking for a career change. It might be that you've got the potential to do something different. And um, the the academy used to be based in four different places in the UK. Now it's all online. So you know, oh, COVID good. has helped, and yeah. and it really means that people don't then have to relocate to. Birmingham or or somewhere else you know they can do it Um, and then if you've got an aspiration to either have your own practice then that's something that you could do or if you've got an aspiration to be an advisor within an existing practice like ours then that's another route but the training's the same it just means you've got either more responsibility you're doing it yourself or you're joining a practice where you've got a lot more help to hand Um, but either way if people just get in touch we've got academy open evenings uh, which is schedules There's, there are some now before the end of the year and there'll be some in in uh, the, the start of next year uh, but it's worth keeping your eye out if you've got an aspiration and, and age wise probably what, mid-twenties onwards really mm. uh, I think the, the oldest person who joined the academy programme was 60 so, oh, wow. so okay. you know, it doesn't need to be new blood as in you're young and you've got 40 years to throw at it. It could be that you've got a career in mind and it's 10 or 15 years. Uh, that could be could still work. Fantastic. So there's opportunities out there for people. Massive. If you're listening to the Shrews of Biscuit and you want to change your career, then there's an opportunity there for you guys. You know? yeah. um, okay, so my battery's running out on the... I forgot to charge my batteries for the H6, which is very <laughs> unprofessional, but hey, that's how it's gone today. Um, thank you so much for chatting to me. That's Genuinely, great. I've loved it. Um, I want to tell uh, the listeners about a few things that's going on. Oh, first of all, the website is uh, yeah. uh, that's the best way to get in contact. That's probably really important. Like we say, oh, there's the opportunities. Well, how do you get in touch? Yeah, yeah. So, so the website itself is www.throgmortonassociates.co.uk. Yeah, not not what I said. No, I'm not going to say that. My, my email, I'll give you the access. It should be a little bit shorter. <laughs> it's w uh, yeah. It's, it's Nick Jones at sjpp.co.uk. Good, great, I love it. Uh, get in touch, guys. Um, yeah, so a few things going on at the, bis- uh, the biscuit at the moment. Um, we we are we're releasing our vintage episodes of the Shrewsbury Biscuit on YouTube only uh, because we've, we've released the audio. If you wanted to sort of go onto your wherever you collect your websites and type in a certain person with the Shrewsbury Biscuit, you can find them. You know, those classic episodes, but we we never really used YouTube. So we're, every Sunday we're releasing a vintage biscuit. I'm calling it. So um, but, you know, if you want to listen to our first episodes of Chris Shirk or Simon Bell or the um, uh, Stan Sedman and Lorraine Fletcher from For the Love of Shrewsbury you know all these old, old episodes that were from the beginning uh, you can you can get them on Sundays now it'd be great so get involved with that give us a subscribe on, on YouTube uh, make sure you check out our website as well which is uh, the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast.co.uk and that's made by our friends at Web Orchard if you need a website uh, make sure you check them out uh, Peter look after you he does make a cracking website so Nick thank you so much for chatting to me um, thank you it's been great and I'll catch you guys next time Peace out.